Episode 23, incoming of For Ref's Sake, the number one refereeing podcast across the country. Thank you for listening. Thank you for joining us. I am joined once again by a resurgent Luke Scott. Hello. Back from his sick bed. You know, that's all in the past now. Back to full full health, full strength. Oh, I've still got a bit of a cold to be fair. Oh, bless you. We are going to be joined by a new referee. We are going to be joined by Sam O'Sullivan Barker, media personality that he is. Um, and he's going to talk to us about getting into refereeing, why he got into refereeing, and having his first game, recording this on Sunday, first game this morning, luckily, avoided the the worst of the weather. It's a bit stormy in Casado. Yeah, Casado Parkland. I don't know what it's like up in the, you know, in the uh, in the wild west of Kingsthorpe. But yes, um, we might be seeing a few more games called off. I mean, there, there's been games called off for everything recently. If it's not frosty, it's waterlogged. If it's not waterlogged, it's it's windy. I mean, anyone would think it was winter. And I see poor old Jamie Stevenson after last week. I don't think he's refereed a game since October. That is a long time. And and his game yesterday was called off yesterday. <laughs> yesterday, funnily enough, because his game was yesterday. <laughs> so, Where was yeah. he going to be? Huh? Where was he going to be? Oh, I can't remember. It, it was his first middle. UCL? Yeah, for like, I think it was since October or November anyway. Um, and, you know, he's having to look for games he said he was going to contact you Luke and ask for a senior youth game he's, he was that yeah he has he, he has messaged me and asked for senior youth games uh, to be fair there's a couple of a couple of level fours in that boat isn't there and I think we've talked about this previously you know the the number of games that these these level fours are getting like Paul Mihalacci I don't think he's refereed since the the 20th of November he's not had an observation all season yesterday was meant to be his first middle since November with an observer at Newport Pagnall and obviously the weather the weather got the better of it so it, that must be a, that must be a pretty demoralising experience if you are a level 4 waiting that long for a game and then you, you get it when it's bad weather I remember being in, in exactly the same boat so there was one season um, me and Martin Gospel who's subsequently moved to Australia which has nothing to do with this yeah. story by the way um, we finished for, so he was he finished top and I finished second in the UCL um, but neither of us got promoted that season because we were told we hadn't done enough games. So I don't. I think I'd done seven or eight games in the marking season because that was when marking seasons went from um, March the first to to March, well, you know, February twenty eighth or whatever. Um, so I I hadn't done enough games, and neither had he. And I think he'd only had like two two observations, and and I hadn't had many more than that. So um, when we we didn't like come, we just asked the question: what you know what what was the reasons why we didn't get the promotion yeah, and yeah. they said well really it's down to your supply league and you've not had enough games and stuff which is quite frustrating and and, and I get it it's really really difficult I don't know if it's the same criteria now that you have to have a minimum of 10 games or not but I think we'll come back onto that in, in a little while but um yeah so we we didn't get it and and looking on the list now of games because you know I've still got a bit of access to Moas just pining for, for 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 days gone by um but even now there's not a lot of new observers on the list so it's always going to be difficult not only is it difficult to get games because there's a there's a big list and there's people being added to that list now which isn't you know going to help um 
but also there's not enough observers for um you know to get around everybody in the past it used to be a minimum of five but i think they've had to kind of bypass that now haven't they well it's interesting i was talking to ando about this yesterday because i was out with him and um you know that it's the first season of the fa moving to actually centralized observer appointments so the fa are responsible for observer appointments now it's not it's not down to the individual supply leagues and yeah i i think they'd struggle to say that it's been a success because like you know there's there's people like steve-o i think said last week he's you know he's not been observed all season paul mihalachi again go back to him he's not been observed all season we're we're getting to the end of january and there's there's level there's you know there's a decent number of level fours that haven't been observed i i just yeah, I don't know what the, I don't know what the reason for that is. I think you're probably right that the the numbers haven't increased and they've probably decreased more than anything because the time requirements and probably the level of training that these guys need to go through and the commitment they need to put into that to to get to the qualification where they can observe at level four has probably increased quite a lot in recent years. So the numbers have probably dwindled more than they have increased, and uh, I think that's made the whole centralised appointments process really challenging. And, and you, you know, you put that, you, you pair that with the fact that it's still supply leagues individually that are responsible for appointments, then it's kind of like that, you know, you've got a volunteer responsible for referee appointments, making sure that everybody on their pool is getting a, a certain number of games. And then you've got the, the person at the FA who's responsible for appointing observers to them, trying to make sure that everybody on that pool is getting a similar number of observations there's so many variables and so many places where that where things could go wrong in that process i guess that it's just not quite worked probably as well as they would have hoped this goes back to a, a point you've made and you've made a really good point there um in that now we're seeing we're seeing mid-season promotions yeah um which is fine i don't have an issue with that because in the past you you might you know, you might just miss out and you've got to go through a whole 12 month cycle again. Um, But it's a really difficult thing for them to do a mid season promotion that is based on um, not merit, but you know, if you're saying, well, how can you, you can't be um, prejudiced against because you haven't had enough observations or you haven't had enough because it's essentially, like you've just alluded to, it's not the referee's fault. Um, So, you know, if the workforce isn't there, they've got to go through a different process, which I think Jamie Stevenson was, was talking about um, to us before, that they're starting these kind of selection days. Um, are you a fan of those? you think that's the right approach, given what you've just said about the lack of opportunities for them to be observed and getting enough games and stuff? Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I think the approach they've kind of taken with the level fours, again, you know, this is just what I've heard, you know, from other level fours, really, rather than anything official. But, you know, I think the, the approach they've taken is that the people that, or at least some of the people that have been invited to these selection days are people that, you know, like you and Gospel, that, that situation you just alluded to, were in a good position on the merit table, but in the eyes of the FA hadn't met the, the criteria in terms of number of games or number of observations. So the way I understand it is quite a lot of people at those selection days were probably in that position. So they've demonstrated that they've started well uh, and they're sitting in a good position on the merit table, but it's not currently possible for the FA to promote them because they haven't had their five observations or done their 10 middles. And, you know, these selection days are an opportunity for the FA to to rectify that and, and almost a nod to the fact that it's probably not the referee's fault that they haven't met the criteria. So I think it's good from that perspective. I think at level, again, I think at level three, it's probably more a case of actually 
uh, if we're only taking 10 referees mid-season, which roughly is what they normally take from 3 to 2B at mid-season, um, you know, th- those top 10, is it is it just a case that they've had one really big mark and then the rest have been okay? Does that demonstrate consistency? Potentially not. Um, so, you know, to widen, if you are only taking 10, if you're taking five automatic and then, you, you know, you take the top 20 to a selection day, um, I think that's a much better way uh, and probably will improve the the quality of referees that are getting promoted. Yeah, so there's a lot of factors as well. So I guess one of the factors, uh, if you go back two weeks to when Darren was on, now that the National League, um, North and South, I believe are 100% coverage, then that's yep. still going to take... So that's going to take more of the workforce, obviously, because if you were doing it, you know, a few level threes even there, which I believe... Um, Brian Mullis, you were talking about. Um, yeah. I believe he was, you know, dipping his toe, even though he's doing football league and stuff, but he was dipping his toe into that. But that's going to take that away as well, isn't it? So, um, to be that, that difficulty. And something you said before, I mean, I don't know how many observ- observers, observ- observers, <laughs> observers you've had in your marking season, but, um, and you're doing, you know, it's pretty common knowledge that you're having a good season. Um, but it goes back to thinking, well, if I have one bad game, then my season's done. Whereas yeah. if you've got this selection process and the FA have identified that you're a referee with potential, and let's be honest, it's not just referees who are on FA core who've been invited to these selection days. There's other people as well. We we know that for a fact. Um, you know that that's another thing to to consider, isn't it? Um, I think that's really really important too. Yeah. I'd, I, you know, from from my perspective, I, like I say, I think that the landscape is slightly different at level three in terms of number of observations. I, I don't think the FA seem to struggle as much in terms of getting level threes observed. I think generally most, you know, I've had four this season. I think, you know, generally most people are at between two and four observations, uh, which at this stage, and again, there's a lot of variables at level yeah, three. But with, sorry to interrupt, but how many games have you refereed, uh, roughly? Uh, tw- 23. So that's four out, four out of 23. Which is, yeah. which is less than 20%. Yeah. But then I suppose the other thing with that is what I'm just about to say is I am a specialist ref. I don't, I don't run the line. Um, so invariably Saturday I'm out refereeing. Whereas again, I don't know the figures, but there's probably at least a hundred, potentially even more level threes out of the 300 that are still dueling, as we say. So, you know, one week they'll be refereeing, the next week they'll be running the line on the on the National League North and South or the National League um, Prem. Uh, so, you know, those guys, obviously, uh, they're probably, whilst I'm on 23 middles, if you're, if you're still running the line as a level three, those guys are probably sitting on around 10, 11, just because of the way the, the split works. And that, that brings in a whole other challenge, because if I'm doing 23 middles and those guys are only doing nine or 10, um, and... And, and getting potentially getting promoted on less middles again not their fault loads of different variables but does that scream that the system's fair potentially not okay i mean it's definitely something to, to think about and talk about in, uh, in in future podcasts and we we like changing subject a little bit we like we like the messages we get from time to time because you know when we started this, this podcast has been going now for 15 months and, you know, apart from a little summer break and, and the odd week where, you know, things have had to 
had to change a little bit because of personal circumstances or, or me pressing the wrong buttons and stuff. Um, <laughs> you know, we've we've been fairly regular, like fifty plus episodes and stuff, and so we, we do like getting these messages from people. Like Mr. Humphreys himself um, sent us a message, didn't he? Uh, I think it was yesterday, and yep. said he was down. I think he was down in Bristol somewhere doing something. Yeah, fourth and, man. Yeah, um, he was um, asked if if um, or where he was from. And he said Northampton. And I think the words were, oh, do you know there's two people who do that awesome podcast? Yeah, not awful. Yeah, awesome. (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, I don't know who that is, but um, drop us a message or whatever. And if you want to come on as a guest, even better, because, you know, we do like stuff like this. We we look at numbers and stuff. And I was talking to Terry Wenham about this yesterday um, because he runs a very successful podcast. It's quite a niche podcast. It's about World War One, and he interviews people, historians, and all these kind of um, clever people, academics, and all that stuff. And he was talking about numbers, and I said, "Well, we don't really pay attention much to, to the numbers and stuff, but because we're fa- we've been, we're fairly consistent, we've got a growing audience and stuff like that. Um, but we just like to to provide and and talk about development stuff. And um, yeah, so it's nice nice if you've got. We had a few messages this week, haven't we? We had a, a guy from is it Eat Out with Dan? Was that his name? Or have I made that up? No, well, yeah, that was that was it. One, that's one of his Instagram profiles. Yeah, yeah. And do you know who Dan is? I do. Yeah, yeah. He's he's a select group two match official. Is he? And he yeah. and he eats out a lot, does he? Well, uh, I I didn't know he had that profile until today when he sent that message. But I had a look, and it looks like yeah, he does. Yeah, and he's going to try and get to the Britannia. So you know. <laughs> That was almost like I set this up, um, which it wasn't. And, you know, um, we need to speak to Jamie Stevenson for our, for ref's sake, like a food review, like a a restaurant review, and we we could do some content from that. Um, Now, on our Instagram, we have been a bit quiet on social media recently, um, but um, we did, I did, I was down at Chenix yesterday watching the the Goat, Wilma. Yeah. Yeah. And um, Luke Caddis was on there, and so was Ian, Ian Brown. No, not that one. Okay. Not him, yeah. the, not the, the singer, um, the Ian Brown <laughs> from Burton Latimer. Totally different bloke. And after the game, um, somebody came up to me, and they're still talking about the Owen Chenix Molten goal. Uh, that was before Christmas, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, it was literally yeah two two days before Christmas. You're right. And so I said to this person, send me the video because it's a, it's a brilliant clip. It's a great development clip because it, it, it'll split opinion. And, you know, a lot of people will say yes. A lot of people will say no to the offside decision. Um, I noticed that you voted no for offside. Um, yeah. I didn't vote at all. I was, um, you know, I put the clip on TikTok as well. I put the clip on Twitter or X, whatever it's called. Um, and there was kind of, there is a, a, a more more of a view that it was offside and that also came from some football league and premier league officials as well so justify why you do not think it was offside and by the way trevor martin was on the line and i think it's a really credible flag so it's a good flag yeah no i just need to clarify that whilst you say i voted uh it was actually lily uh so <laughs> <laughs> i was i was just watching the clip um she grabbed my phone started playing with the screen so i hadn't actually watched it in properly i'd obviously i knew that that vote had gone in but fine but then yeah no i actually i watched the clip and um so i just i firstly i wasn't i did i couldn't work out what game it was until i watched it again properly so talk us through what actually happened so the the goal the goal went in yeah trev put his flag up yeah 
Andy's gone over and had a chat or yeah. so, Andy's gone over and had a chat and then given uh, sort of sorry yeah still given the goal he's overruled Trev in the end right yeah so in the end um, there's it's that came from when um, what Andy Warmer said after the game he said he knew at that point that he was going to annoy 11, oh, yeah. 11 yeah. people so what basically happens was the ball's come in. If you've seen the clip, then the ball's going towards the, the, the bottom corner. Yeah. And the attacker, who's he's stood in an offside position. Yeah. I don't think he's kind of interfering with anybody. But at the same time, the goalkeeper just stands there. So the goalkeeper yeah. doesn't go for the ball on the premise, I'm assuming that he thinks the player who's in an offside position, although he's not in his line of sight, um, is in an offside position. So when I was talking to them about it yesterday um, at Chenix, I was like, well, I don't think it's offside because, and I went through the pig, um, you know, playing playing the ball, doesn't play the ball, doesn't gain an advantage as such. But the, the subjective call is, was he interfering with the goalkeeper or not? Or is it the goalkeeper's job to try and save the ball anyway and not rely on a official's um, decision to try and bail him out? I'm not sure the goalkeeper would have got there anyway. But Well, no, and that, that's the only doubt in my head. Is, you know, it's the impact on the goalkeeper being able to make a save or attempting to make a save. Now, you know, that that's that's very difficult to judge. I think the only thing that probably sways it for me in terms of to the side of, offside is the fact that that player's had to jump out of the way of the ball because then there then there is going to be a seed of doubt in the goalkeeper's head and and you know the angle the angle of the clip's not great so we couldn't really see I, I don't think from memory you can't really see where the goalkeeper is yeah. when the actual initial shot comes in but it's clear that the what, what the angle does show is that the striker who is in an offside position does have to jump out of the way of the ball yeah. and it also shows quite a lot of appeals for an offside I think yeah um and in that situation, I just, you know, I think the expectation is offside, mm. and I think there's enough there. And I think your first description of it, I think it's a very credible flag, and probably easier to go with the flag than overall. Now, this is the point I, w- I made to them yesterday. So, um, either way, like Howard Webb was saying on Mike's up this week, you know that um, you're not going to, ki- everyone's not going to go. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. That, it's right. But then I think if it's not Andy Wilmer refereeing it, I think the offside mostly is likely to get given because oh, yeah. that's yeah, yeah. the game. And and then he's brought that massive experience that he's got and gone, you know, do you know what? I don't think the goalkeeper's going to get there and I don't think they've interfered with that opponent. And that's fair enough. That's a decision yeah. that just has to be accepted, I think, um, on that day. You know, we're still talking about it two or three weeks later. Uh, but still, there isn't um, a definitive answer going, yep, that was wrong, or yes, that was right. Because we, even if you look at the um, Instagram poll that we did, it was 64 to whatever it was in favour of um, of it being offside. So I, I sent this clip to a couple of SG1 officials, and funnily enough, um, one of them was a referee, and they said, I would have given that offside um, because if he'd stepped the other way, so yeah. away, from, so he steps inside the post, yeah. as such. And, you yeah. know, if he'd stepped the other way outside the post, then the goal would have been given. In in my in his opinion, 
Um, yeah, because the keeper the keeper's got a clean mm, view yeah. of the ball the whole yeah. way through. But yeah. the fact he stepped inside yeah. means that the keeper is going to be blocked at some point. Yeah, and that's a massive, that's a huge insight for anybody. Um, I mean that 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 kind of scenario doesn't happen very often, does it? But is it a good learning point? I think, and um, we've we've ticked the developmental box um, for the podcast this, this episode already. But yeah, if he because he stepped inside the ball, that casts more doubt. If he stepped outside the ball. Not that the, the the players would have, you know, went oh fair enough, but you know from a, from a from a from a development point, you know that's I think that's quite important. Which went back to um, Howard Webb ironically when he did that mic up, he said about the Bernie Luton game about subjectivity and how, you know, you, you're never going to appease everybody. And he, he he quoted I've seen a poll online that was sixty forty one way. I think that was our poll, mate. I think he was. Bit, I think he's a for ref's sake hidden hidden listener. Watcher, I, mean, I, I mean that I'm sure there were many other polls on that instant, but yeah, let's go with that. Let's go with that school of thought um, and claim that Howard Webb is a celebrity listener. Yeah, we'll go with that. I, I enjoy that one. <laughs> um, other thing I was going to talk about is um, there was a lo- I put some on on Facebook earlier. Um, you know, tongue in cheek in jest about again, it's a, a thing that you're not going to win. Either way, most most of the time, less is fairly obvious. But um, about pitch inspections, um, about this this thing where the referee turned up in Newcastle, um, put his key, put his, got his car keys out, dug it into. I think that's a really good technique, by the way. Got his car keys out, he went, "Yep, the car keys not going in, the studs not going in, um, the game's off." Now you see, I've seen this this weekend already, and you see it every time as a frozen pitch. Oh, we played in these in the summer when they rock hard. Oh, well, why are we playing it in the summer when we're not playing it in the winter? Well, mate, I would imagine it's because it's like an ice rink. Just, you know, throwing it out there. Um, but I thought, you know, somebody put on there, well, until we get some kind of um, instrument to do a pitch inspection for frozen pitches, you're just going to have to take the referee's word for it that he's trying to maintain the safety of himself, his team, uh, or herself and her team. And the players, on yeah, duty. and I don't, I don't know what level um, that that team was that you that you quoted on that Facebook post, but I don't know if you've seen the because I think it was Mansfield. Mansfield did a whole interview, like documentary style pitch inspection with their groundsman and who they claim was the referee. I don't think it was a referee. I think it was a a, a PGMO observer in that area, um, but. They literally they followed him around with a camera, and he at the end he he did the old key test. He got his he got his key out. He was putting it in the ground, and obviously they had they had a few other instruments like them training poles. They were trying to get them in the ground and couldn't get them in. But he he genuinely got his key out, and and that was on Mansfield. I think it was Mansfield Town's Facebook page. Um, so I might try and find that and share that on ours later. Just just again, if it's good enough for football league officials, why can it not be good enough for grassroots? And also. The other one, so there's no science involved in this whatsoever. So frozen pitch should be a key test. Um, waterlog pitch, let's roll the ball, see how far yeah. it goes. And if it doesn't roll a certain um, <laughs> you know, length, the game's off. Or the bounce test. The bounce you know, test. We all like to bounce the ball in a puddle, don't we? That, that's apparently, that's a good way of selling that a pitch needs to be called off. I remember refereeing at Daventry Town many, many moons ago. Um, many moons ago, Mark Weatherall was on the line. And um, before about... Half past seven, the pitch is in perfect condition. Between half past, this was during the warm up, by the way, when I, when I used to do a warm up. Um, between half past seven and seven forty-five, it was like a monsoon. 
So I was like, well, you know, we'll start it and we'll see how it goes. Well, after about two minutes, um, Chris Logan, who definitely won't listen to this podcast because he hates referees and he hated them then, he kind of aquaplaned across the pitch. And I went, I don't think it's a good idea that we continued in, in this game. And off we went. However, just to put it out there, Luke, I did only claim half fee still because I liked Ryan. <laughs> that was the yeah, well, yeah. I don't know uh, who's I mean, but still. That's up to you, isn't it? But yeah. Um, so yeah, so c- congratulations. I was talking to Jakob yesterday. Jakob Giacek. Yeah. Um, he did say that he's a few episodes behind on the podcast, so I'll have to signpost him to this one because he's publicly announced that he was one of the ones who, you know, the the recipient of a mid-season promotion. So from the 1st of February, which is, you know, when we're recording this, 10, 11, day, 11 12 days' time, he is being, he's going to be reclassified as a level four. So another one to join, um, I guess, the United Counties list. And congratulations yeah. to, to you, Jakob. And, yeah, well-deserved. And on behalf of the North Ants FA, although Ollie's somewhere... Skiing is he? Is he skiing or something like that? I can't remember what he's doing this weekend. Yeah, he's away somewhere. I saw a picture of him where somewhere very snowy, and I went, <laughs> "Frozen pictures." It. Lol. <laughs> good, good one that. Yeah. So, other news in the world of refereeing: Dan Mason's leaving the FA. Yeah, I saw that on Friday. Shocker! Joining the PGMO. I, yeah, I was surprised to see that, but yeah, again, great move for Dan. Uh, I think he's he's done some really good work. In the in the FA, it's particularly around obviously the referee development stuff, and um, he certainly leaves a, a positive legacy behind. But yeah, big, very big shoes to fill for the FA. Absolutely, um, and we were talking as well just before we started. We were trying to work out who Alex Milovic Milovic, I think his name is, was, <laughs> and it turns out he's a chap who's come from the MLS from America, yeah. um, and he's joined. He's his entry level is. The EFL divisions one and two, League one and two. Um, yeah. So interesting to see that again, following in the footsteps, I guess, of Jared Gillett, although Jared Gillett came from Australia, and that's a, definitely a different place to America. In fact, there's quite a distance between them, but you know, coming from another professional football league um, to ours, and, and we'll see how he gets on. I think Jared went straight in at SG2. He did, yeah. He did, I think. But I think Jared was FIFA, whereas I don't know if this guy was, so that might be the logic behind that. Could be. And it didn't take long to do Jared to get to SG1, let's be honest. He no, not at all. Straight no. in there. Um, and I was watching um, the Rugger yesterday, Rugby Union. Oh, yeah. I, I, I do like the Rugby Union. I, a lot of the time, I haven't got a clue what's going on. Um, yeah. But there was a Saints player, a Saints player who was red-carded and... It's caused kind of a bit of a furore now because they're saying that oh, well. rugby's not, you know, you used to be able to do whatever you want. But uh, essentially, what he did was he need some bloke in the head. And the bloke ended up in hospital overnight. Oh, wow. And people were saying, well, it was an accident. They're not doing it. We're not doing it on purpose or whatever. But I think it's more being judged on outcome now rather than actions. So it's almost like with a referee and football referee where intent was taken out of the laws of the game. What year was that, Luke? I think it was 2008. Right. So, you know, whatever the player was intending to do, irrespective, because he he's needs some bloke in the head. And as a result, you're, you're off, mate, basically. And and I think that's right. And I think rug, rugby has kind of, rugby's kind of got that, that 
whole process right, I think, that whole thought process. Because now I know you're saying that this decision has caused a few controversies, but generally, like, I mean, the only rugby I watched was the World Cup um, and big tournaments like that. But at that most recent tournament, they seem to, you know, they seem to have that thought process down in terms of not, not at trying to analyse what the players are trying to do, but actually just looking at the facts of the situation. Where was the point of contact? Is that point of contact allowed? No, it's not. Therefore, it's going to be a yellow card or a red card or, or whatever. And I just I feel like football, particularly Premier League now, you know, there was another instance today um, in the Liverpool game where potentially a Bournemouth player could have seen red for serious foul play and other challenges of that nature this season have resulted in a red card for serious foul play. Referee uh, went yellow, I think. Um, no VAR intervention. So, uh, you know, I feel like that that thought process we could probably learn a bit from. And uh, but fans need to be taken on that journey as well, um, because if the if you're still having these conversations about fans with fans saying, "Well, he didn't mean it," then well, I'm sorry that those conversations were like 20 years ago because it's just completely irrelevant now. It's, it's, it's about the danger that you pose to the opponent. If, if it's dangerous and if you're putting that opponent at risk, then the card should be produced that's relevant to that. And also there's a massive litigation thing going on at the moment from past players and stuff like that. But I just want to finish off in two things before we get our guest, um, guest on for part two. So first thing was, um, there's a, well, there's been, a, first of all, there was a, a bit of, um, people were annoyed that, the, the Ivan Tony comeback. Um, we were annoyed that he was kind of bigged up as, yeah, he's back. And I think he even said the big dog's back. Um, really? Right. <laughs> I didn't see that. Which was interesting because let's just re- recap a little, minute, a little moment or two. The reason that you haven't been around is because you actually broke a lot of rules in football. So, um, you know, this is yeah. a, a rant against Ivan Tony. But the, the thing then was there was this big hoo ha that he's moved the ball. I don't know what it was, half a yard or something. Yeah. Smashed the ball into the um, top corner and suddenly it's the referee's fault. Yeah, and I think that that's a really it's a really interesting situation because if you watch the clip, none of the players react. Right? So none of the defensive players react. Now obviously the referee at that point is pacing back the wall um and, and managing with that whole situation. Now you'd like to think potentially fourth official or or either of the assistant referees that are obviously all mic'd up might be able to shout in that Ivan Tony appears to be scooping up the, the foam, moving it slightly to the right and then taking the ball with it. You'd like to think one of them would have would have picked up on that. But there's a lot going on. Mm. And like you say, none of the players none of the players have picked up on it. Um it's the sort of thing that you would expect and we always see it at ceremonial free kicks. The defensive team, well oh, that's not ten yards or this, that and the other, or he's moving the ball ref or whatever. Everybody missed it. So we yeah. can't, you know, we can't possibly start pointing a finger at the ref. It's di- don't get me wrong. I, I am slightly disappointed from an, an official's point of view that all four officials missed it. I can understand why the referee has. But, I, I, you know, I think there's a responsibility on the other three to be shouting at least something in over the comms, just saying, oh, have a look. Um, but Ivan Tony's had a lot of time off to think about how he can potentially get 1% better than anyone else in terms of opportunities. And fair play to him. He's come up with a pretty inventive way of doing it, but it won't work again. It's one of those. Yeah, it's one of those that now that people are aware of it, he's going to have to spend a bit of time off thinking about something else that can make him look slightly better than other players. And also, interestingly, not everybody blamed the officials. Some people were saying, why isn't anybody from the Forest team 
identified that because then it would just be yeah. like, as it, the referee would just go, well, did he move the ball? Um, and he'd have got a quick answer. But anyway, more importantly... I just think, on that, on. sorry, on that, I think it's important to say that VAR can't intervene on yes, restarts. Yes, and... Um, so that argument, that you can't the, have that argument. No, that's, no, the, that's the FIFA protocol. VAR cannot go to them, oh, by the way, he's moved the ball. Can't do it. Nunez, Nunez, I think his name is. He was yep. he was moaning about that, saying that VAR needs to get involved. But anyway, more importantly than VAR, um, last week we ended part one on quite a controversial subject, and we just need to revisit that um, for this week. It uh, was a, a, a little sneaky Instagram post. I was like, "Oh, someone's someone's put some social media content content out." Um, little dig there, but anyway, um, the Chinese and pizza debacle. Yeah, do you know what? I wasn't. I wasn't involved in this post. Um, it turns out that we've had we've had a little bit of a hacking situation from the ex-social media director who felt a little bit aggrieved with the the conversation in the previous podcast um, and my opinions on the matter. So decided to take it into her own hands, go public, and effectively hack our account. Even though we haven't changed the password since she was the social media director, so I suppose it's not really hacking. But I can assure you the passwords will be changed. Uh, and that wasn't a sanctioned for ref's sake poll. Right. And I mean, I've had two messages today, not two comments today from some bloke in America <laughs> saying, do you realise your account's been hacked? Yeah, and, I've um, seen them. I blo- yeah, I, I blocked I, I'm, I'm going to message him. I blocked one of them <laughs> and um, and deleted the other one, deleted all the, the posts. So anyway, uh, totally boring into <laughs> part one. We'll come back after the break. And um, the break, like the break's about five seconds, let's be honest. And uh, we'll give you some part two about how it feels to be a new referee. Stay tuned. So welcome back to part two from a rain-sodden Parklands and Kingstorp. The rain is coming down. So you do hear a little bit of interference. It's not um, me being technologically inept again. It's just that there's like a bit of a storm going on. But we are welcoming back the man himself, Sam O'Sullivan Barker. Not John or Jim, whatever was calling you last week on the referee's call. <laughs> Sam, welcome back, my friend. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Now, the reason that we've uh, invited you back on is quite an interesting reason, actually, because um, as we were saying last week, kudos to the Nen League for um, what they've initiated. Again, because uh, as we spoke to Jamie, Jamie um, Stevenson last week, he started refereeing through the Nen League. You've started your journey, I guess, as a referee on the Nen League. And I, and I saw um, a post. Where actually, we've got a mutual friend in Anthony Collette. I believe Anthony works or does some scouting um, for Northampton Town as such. And he said, he said on your on your on your post, "Is there anything in football you're not involved with?" So let's start off with that. Is there anything in football now you're not involved with coaching? refereeing no I don't think there is um, I think that um, that overview or that description of me from many moons ago being the busiest man in football is uh, definitely certainly still available or still there still I'd say yeah good so the last time let's 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 talk about the elephant in the room I think that's a saying is that the, ele- is that the saying elephant in the room that, that is a saying yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> it is a saying yeah well done Luke so before we get I just, want, I just wanted to get the, the right animal yeah, I mean it, you know it, it could have been anything there but anyway um, so the last time we spoke you, you were part of a, a, a duo and that duo as has been well documented on social media is no longer 
together. I mean, I know you've parted on amicable terms, which is important. You know, we're still friends with Jordan, and Jordan's a good guy, and um, yeah, he's done a lot of great work for, for NPTN. But was it creative differences and, and what have you that you've gone off on your own, or is it, you know? Or oh, poking me with a stick there somewhat, <laughs> Mr. Snakey Jammers. Um, as you guys said, um, me and Jordan kind of, we were okay terms as we left there. Um, as you rightly said, a bit of creative differences. Um, as you've seen, Jordan was at Hackleton today. Good luck to him. Um, I think there was a few goals scored in that game, wasn't there? Yeah. So he definitely, definitely picked a game to go to. But um, yeah, all amicable. Mm. We just had uh, different ideas and different ways we wanted to do stuff. And kind of, that's where we're at. That's good because we know it. I mean, NPTN and yourselves, you've put a lot of a lot of effort into into what you've done. And, and that's all that's done, you know, is um, highlight the, the football in, in the county. So, you know, the county, I know the county FA are appreciative of what you two have done. And, and now you, you're both going to carry on and, on your you know journeys in separate directions, which is which is great. It's good. Um, it just means there'll be more content and stuff out there. So, yeah, well done and good luck. That's, that's definitely the part that I wanted to address as well. A lot of mm. people have kind of messaged me in the week saying, are you and Jordan competition? Not at all. No. We we both want to promote Northamptonshire as a county mm. in whatever sport it is, football, rugby, cricket, whatever sport it is. So the fact there's now two different podcasts right in Northampton can only be a good thing. Absolutely. So tell us the name of it then, at least. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah, so the new one, uh, the new one is with a university student called uh, Ali Jardine. So he um, also plays at Hayford and Battle Wanderers. So he's got a bit of an insight to a few different leagues of football. Um, and it is called Total Sports. Um, I'm going to do a quick plug there because I'm going to go for it. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram already at 24-7 Total Sports. Good. We'll, um, we're looking forward. To, I'm sure we'll get invited on at some point, Luke. You know, we're, 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 we're almost media celebrities now. Well, it's only a matter of time. I thought I was saving you guys for the, the, the bigger thing coming forward. But hey, if you want to come on there, <laughs> it's not a problem. But I wasn't going to mention that, Sam, because you told me not to tell anybody. But anyway, we'll talk about that in a <laughs> yeah, minute. Yeah, I'm excitable, though. Wait, didn't I, about stuff? <laughs> you know me. <laughs> uh, absolutely. So last week, let's get back to, to what, why we invited you on. So last week, um, you and eight other people um had signed up i think there was you know 10 in total originally but it's always been my dream to uh, play at cookno when you fulfilled that for me (laughs) (laughs) so um first of all why what made you decide to do it um there's two answers i'll be honest with you the first answer is i wanted to see what it was like from the other side um throughout my coaching career i've not been um the politest and nicest to referees. I think that's the really easy way of putting that. Um, and I wanted to see what it was like on the other side. And obviously, I can't say to a ref, you've made a poor decision if I didn't understand the rules properly. Um, and becoming a ref kind of helped me with that. There was a lot of rules um, that you guys taught me in the last like, week or so that I wasn't quite aware of. Um, or maybe I was aware of, I just didn't know how to put them into order. Um, so the fact that I now have that insight a little bit more, I feel like I've got a secret insight um, that other coaches don't have, but obviously they do. Uh, but it's just the way of things work and how things are different to play in the game. Just, um, just bear in mind, mate, that you know there's nothing more annoying as a referee than uh, a coach or a player that that comes up to you when you're refereeing a game at like half time or whatever and says, "Yeah, but I am a ref, mate, and I, f- I think you've got that one wrong." Well, <laughs> well, well. This morning I was greeted with two qualified refs for one particular team. So, oh, really? <laughs> Yeah, we we hear and, that all the time, mate. Yeah, half the time it's not even true. 
Yeah, well, no, I can say that when it's true because I have flagged that one before in some league. I'll be honest with you. I'm a qualified ref, ref. What are you doing? Um, Yeah, or or it's true. And they qualified like 20 years ago. So, okay, mate. Yeah, okay. Yeah, Yeah, rules have changed somewhat, haven't they? (laughs) So, obviously, you signed up through the league. The league, um, you know, supported supported U9. And it was really good, actually, to see. I think it was five, five or six of the new referees on games, because I think Renan League was struggling, struggling for numbers a little bit this week. Um, so it's mm. good to see. And also, well done to Matt, Matt Hurst, because he obviously chose the right games for everybody. He knows, he knows Renan League inside out, so he chose the right ga- games for everybody just to kind of bed people in. But were you surprised, what were you, when you signed up to the referees course, were you surprised by the content of the course? Were you surprised how quick it, it, it took to, to actually become... Um, not qualified as such because you've got to do your five games, but just yeah. being thrown straight in at the deep end. Um, the content was different to what I expected, I'll be honest. Um, I'd heard lots of rumours or lots of things before that referees' course, uh, courses sorry, were a lot longer back in the day. Um, so to be thrown kind of straight in at the deep end, I think is the only way it would work. It was, I, I don't want to be disrespectful to you guys, it was all well and good sitting in a classroom learning the laws. Um, and then playing with uh, Gazzardino there um, <laughs> in the game at the end. Uh, yeah, that is uh, Mr. Chalmers. Um, <laughs> but the only way that you can... So I'm not sure your listeners know, but I've been doing a little bit of refing for my lad's side, um, and they're under 10s. So it built me up really well to kind of put me into this scenario, which was a little bit different. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. We we talked about this, and uh, we spoke about this on the course last week, and we said, like, for a lot of people... And, Luke, you know, we, we, we generally... Uh, deal with teenage boys were full of testosterone and what have you. Um, although some of the last, last week they were full of testosterone as well. But, <laughs> and also, no, you bless him. He thought he thought he was Gaza at one point, but he's about uh, twenty yes, years too yeah. late. Um, he, was, he was he was blowing he was blowing after five minutes or so. But um, but yeah, um, you know, get, getting thrown at deep end. We're talking about going into youth football first, perhaps like you've done. You've done your under tens and your elevens. You know, not not a lot would happen in those games essentially, but. You know, for oh, I don't know, the parents, some of the parents are quite yeah, bad on the side, though. it depends who you've got, <laughs> I guess. But then you've got four or five of you who've gone straight into um, straight into games. So, did, then they go, did, did they just say, here's your game, this is where you're going? Or was there any kind of um, so when we, support? When we qualified, we all got sent, um, all got told to sign up to the Ref Suite app. So, I'll, I'll do a little plug there as well, because I'm sure they're on socials as well. They followed me the other day since I've become a ref. So, uh, we'll plug them <laughs> a little bit. Um and we all got told that we put our availability if we were happy to do so, and we could issue the game as soon as possible. So the the course itself, obviously, you, you, we've alluded to the fact that you've got lots of roles within football. What, mm. because from a from a county perspective, obviously, I've I've said on this podcast previously, we would we're, we're really keen to recruit more people like you and like the eight or nine other people that are on that that course. What what kind of stopped you up until this point? What was what were the reasons that you haven't done this previously? Um, so when I was on the course, so I kind of, obviously you guys know, but the listeners don't, is that um, I previously ref before maybe about 10 years ago. Um, it was a five-a-side league in Milton Keynes. I'll be honest, at that point, I was young and impressionable. And I just wanted the, the money, the moon yeah. hour, as it were. Um, I sent a gentleman off within a couple of minutes of five-a-side and he punched me in the face. Um, and it all went a bit sour, police were involved, bits and bobs like that. Um, so it put me off for a long time. And I just thought, if my football career playing wise was over a long time ago, James, <laughs> believe me. I saw this uh, last Gaza, week. I think <laughs> um, 
But I just thought, I've got to give it, if I'm going to give it a go, I need to give it a go now because if I do want the promotion stuff that you guys were talking about, I don't want it to, to leave it to an age where I couldn't do it. Yeah. As in, I couldn't physically do it. Not that I mentally couldn't do it. Yeah. Um, so I thought if the jump was going to be made, it needed to be done now. Um, and I like having those strings to my bow. So eventually, I, I do want to move abroad and kind of coach. Um, so having another footballing string to the bow and giving me that extra understanding of the game, I hope would help with all those facets. But you said earlier um, that you were playing in the backside uh, as a coach to referees. But then you mm. just said like 10 years ago, you got assaulted. Um, you, did that not make you a little bit more receptive to being nicer to referees? Or were you just like, well, stuff them. I, I think I went the other way. I think I went the other way a lot more. I think I was more confrontational with a ref. And I think maybe that was a subconscious thing of, well, somebody's done me dirty as a referee, so maybe I do the same. I'm not saying I purposely did that, but I think there was something in the back of my mind that was going, yeah. refs don't get respected, so why should I be re- respecting them? And mm-hmm. doing the course really, really opened my eyes somewhat. I'm not saying this season, because obviously, Wayne, you ref me this season as a manager. Um, I'm gobby. But I think I've certainly calmed down. And since the refing course, it really made me realise the right things to do and the wrong things to do kind of mentally conditioned me a little bit more in regards to football. Mm. So I guess from from our from a county perspective on that one, I think that's a really interesting point because you know, without without going into specifics around discipline history and things like that, but do you do you think that it would be beneficial for perhaps a sanction from a discipline charge not necessarily to be to do the full referee course because obviously whilst it is a, a more condensed version than it used to be it's still a, a big commitment but some... it's a lot of information in the space of two days like if, yeah with all due respect to you guys it was information getting thrown at us yeah left, right, to get us oh, going. yeah absolutely but i mean some sort of workshop online or whatever that if you're found to be um you know if you're charged with being aggressive or abusive towards a match official that you have to sit this module as part of your sanction as well as the fine and the the suspension or whatever that goes with it. Do you think that'd be beneficial having been that person potentially? Yeah, I'm not going to lie to you. I I like to play mind games when I'm playing football. So as a coach, that would be the kind of thing that I'd be doing. Um, Being a bit of a naughty boy, but within the laws, I'd like to Yeah, yeah. yeah. Obviously, knowing the the laws now, obviously I wasn't. Um, (laughs) But, yeah, I think you're right. I think it would be incredible for people that have disciplinary reactions to go on that course just to see what it's like. And to be honest, a lot of people have texted me today saying it takes a lot of um, guts. I was thinking <laughs> of a really non-sweary word of saying that. It takes a lot of guts to be a ref. Like, yeah. Kudos to you two guys <clears throat> and anybody that has a go at refing. Mm. Um, it is a tough sell. Like, I granted I had an easy game today. Well, I'm not saying easy because no game's easy. Mm. Um, I had an easier game today. Yeah, but you've got to have the guts to do it. So if you've got the guts to abuse an official, then maybe you should have the guts to be the official. I think one of the um, one of the good things last week um, from the course was that we were able to go and watch Kieran. So Kieran Clark, I think he listens to the podcast from time to time. Um, we went down to because we were based at Cutler United, which was great, by the way. It was per- it, the the whole situation was perfect. We had, as we said last week, a lovely warm clubhouse. Derek up there was fantastic. Um, and then we could just walk down to the village hall and we watched Kieran refereeing. And it was like, it was quite interesting to listen to some of the candidates because they were like, oh, I wouldn't have done that. Or what's he doing there? Or why is he doing that? And, and, and it was good to be able to see a referee live in, a, in, in an environment that wasn't kind of manufactured, I guess. Because the difference between that and 
you know, the old style of we're going to have football for three hours or whatever it was, you know, back in the day is, I think that's a really key de- development thing for the, for the referees course. I don't know what you think, Luke. Yeah, absolutely. I think the difference between that and, like you say, the sterile environment of just playing a, a five-a-side game amongst course candidates, that's, that, that you know, limited value taken from that. But then also, on the flip side, the, the Wednesday night session where we sit there and watch a load of clips, obviously that's necessary for us to be able to demonstrate what a serious foul play challenge looks like. But actually to be able to go and watch a real real life game of football and perhaps see some stronger challenges in real life and be able to offer opinions and discussions around that, I think that's much more beneficial than, um, than like you say, just the sterile little kickabout where nobody fouls anyone and things like that. Oh, there was plenty of fouls going on last week in that, in that one. They, they were worse than the Luke, kids. To be fair, Luke, Johnny Shakespeare is up top for Denetbury. Of course, there's going to be fouls. No, no, I'm talking about the game last week at Cookno. You know, when, when we were playing, there were some naughty tackles going in. Yeah, there was a couple of tasty ones, weren't there? But I think, Mr. Chalmers, you were the uh, instigator of a few of those. <laughs> I got. Oh, here we go. I, mean, I got sent go. off for absolutely no reason. But anyway, that's another point. Um, last week, when we were playing the, the game bit, um, it was. I, I was telling. Um, I was telling Luke about this off air. Um, the game stopped after about five minutes, and there was people on hands on knees going. Phew. I'm not, I don't, you know, I don't think I've got another hour or so in me. And Terry Barry stopped everybody, and he, and again was a, a, a not me personally, because obviously I'm a, you know, a fitness man myself. But he was it, still running after the game. Yeah, it, he, wanted to, he wanted to run home, but I had to stop him. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, he gave um, like an impassioned speech about fitness and, and conditioning, about how you know referees need to be fit to be able to do it. Now, Sam normally on that referees course, there is a lot more physical exertion. Luke, you know this because you, you're really good at developing these um, drills and stuff where we would have done a lot more running. And because some of our candidates, shall we say, were less athletically, athletically mobile or, um, you know, prejudiced by age, I guess, um, we, 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 we narrowed that down a little bit. But you is that something you've considered that, physical condition is going to be important saying you've done your first game today mm. do you find that difference so when you used to play do you find a lot of differences um i did a little bit of a cheat sheet this week i'll be honest with you gents i knew i had the game so i went out running every day this week <laughs> <laughs> i did not want to believe that ref that blows um the center circle ref Oh, well, the pitch was a bit iffy today, so I had to be for about 10 minutes to be a centre circle ref. Um, didn't like it, though. My positioning was bad today, but hey, we'll go on to that later on. Um, yeah. But fitness-wise, I'll be honest with you, as a player, I was a centre-half. A bad one, but I was still a centre-half. I didn't move a lot. Um, and that was my game. I didn't move. Um, as a ref, I think I did something silly like 12,500 steps there, maybe 15,000 steps. Um, so you do have to be uh, hats off to you guys. You do have to be physically fit. Not sure how you're coasting through, Mister Chalmers, but <laughs> you do have to be physically fit for that. Experience, mate. You just know where to stand <laughs> when you get old. But uh, okay, it's an interesting point because I mean, generally, I I found this when a when a referee now. So when I was refereeing on the, on the Southern League, what have you? I'd be doing you know between probably five to six miles a game, um, mm. and I reckon that's what you you're probably doing now, Luke. Is that fair to say? Like, yeah, yeah, similar. Yeah, so yeah. like, just under five k a half. I don't get anywhere near that now. Um, genuinely, I don't, I don't know if it's because of the level of football I'm refereeing, which is it could be. 
Because it's not like in, in the Southern League, whatever, it's always tends, tends to be end-to-end, doesn't it? Even if you, the top team's playing the bottom team, it's still, you know, there's still a lot of football being played. But um, mm. I don't know, Luke, what do you, what, are you still smashing those 5Ks out each half? Yeah, normally just over 5K per half. But um, I, I think you're right. Standard of football, or not even just the standard, the style of football plays a massive part in it as well. You know, like yesterday, for example, very windy. Uh, the, the the players were struggling to play football in it. So, it, it, you know, if it was going long ball, then it was generally just centre-back header in it, other centre-back header in it. So it's like, well, what am I, what am I meant to do as, as a ref in that situation? So... You know that that standard of game, you probably will do less, um, just because of the way the play is developing. Whereas you're right, if you're doing a if you're doing a top of the table step three clash, it will be end to end. It will be passing on the floor. It will be quick movements, and you will do a lot more. Yeah, there was um, a lot of passing on the floor today. <laughs> I can imagine. <laughs> I said this to the referees course last week. Um, you know, and genuinely, anybody listening to this who just started out in refereeing, you know, this is probably um, a bit of comfort. But when I first started. <laughs> I was dreadful. I was a dreadful referee. Um, I used to run around like a headless chicken because it, because it was classroom based. When when we were doing the course, it was classroom. You're in a classroom. You never, you know, you, the first time you saw a football pitch when you first picked up the whistle and you were out there, there wasn't any physical aspect to it whatsoever. So you you had no idea about positioning and stuff like that. So you just used to run around and just do what you wanted. And but now it's a little bit different, obviously, um, which is really, really important. But it, there is that, that, that physical um, aspect of it. If you're a young lad who's 15 or 16, you would expect them to run a lot more. But on the referee's course, we see this, don't we, when we do the practical bits. They yeah. don't move because they they still see themselves as footballers. So there are a lot of people stand around it. And that's what we say. Um, you're not, you, you mentioned it briefly a couple of minutes ago. You, you're not expected to be good at positioning when you start. Because we've all my, my positioning was terrible. I'll be like, here's one for you. So yeah. there was a goal kick for one of the teams. I'm standing watching the ball like a centre half. <laughs> I am standing at centre back watching the ball come over. All of a sudden in my head, I heard Wayne's voice go, This is a bad position. <laughs> and I run to the other corner. I wasn't there, by the way. I was down berserk. <laughs> but I just heard that little voice in my head. I also heard Snowy going, That's terrible positioning. <laughs> but that's, that's the, you know, we would never. Positioning opening play takes years worth of experience to even begin to master. Um, and even then, it's it's always a, a moving beast to be able to perfect it in your game. But, you know, the best the best advice for young or new referees, I think, is... Get, I'll get you young, Luke. Keep going. Yeah, OK, young referees. I'll, I'll, I'll humour you. Uh, is, uh, <laughs> is, uh, is to get your position right at the restarts because football is just a load of restarts put together. And if you can get your positioning right at the restarts and, and then you know that's your reference point, then it's a case of working out how you get between, you know, A and B. And mm. and that's the best thought process for a new referee because, like you say, the, the open play stuff will be a car crash for the first six months at least until you really start to get your head around what movement's necessary in each situation. Absolutely. So let's, let's, go, let's go back to, um, I mean, I remember doing my first game um, as a, as a, in adult football, I did some I did some kids football, and I think you, Luke, you were the same. Um, we we were we were joking before we started recording about you didn't tell anybody it was your first game, did you? No. And why was that? 
I mean, I'm, I don't blame you because I wouldn't. I didn't either when I did it. But <laughs> so what... I'll be honest. I um I went against something you guys said on the course. Um, I got there really early. I'll be honest with you because I was a little bit nervous. I got there at like half nine for a half ten kickoff. Um, so I had a bit of a loiter and a bit of a walk around and all that business. When I when the teams turned up, I grabbed the managers of both teams and the skippers of both teams and went, look, lads, I want to have a little chat. And I set my stall out straight away. Um, and I felt if I put the ground rules down and say that I've had a couple of matches, obviously people listening to your podcast, because a lot of people do, will know that I'm now two games in rather than just the one. <laughs> um, and maybe kill me on it. But I set my stall as I wanted to go in and kind of just went from there. So, yeah, I kept it quiet just because I thought if I keep it quiet, they're not going to give me any grief back. And I look like a hardened thug. Look at me, skinhead and a beard. <laughs> I, thought if, I thought if I put it out there nice and quick, then they'd just leave it be. But then you, you, you're, um, this, this, I'm not going to tell anybody, you were betrayed, weren't you? Betrayed? Betrayed, by wasn't it your old man or something It was there and he told everybody? Yeah, he might have, uh, yeah. And then he, <laughs> I'm talking to him at half time saying, I think I'm like, I think I've done something a bit iffy there, maybe, I'm not too sure. And he was—he didn't give me any comfort whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you need. That support mechanism, you know, that support network. Um, I've said to my son, "No, you can't come. It's the first one. Dad's nervous. You can't come to the first game <laughs> because the first game that I coached and he came, he made a re- rather um, no, sorry, the first game I played that he saw me play, he made a rather rude comment that I can't mention on air, <laughs> and I just didn't want to never repeat of a rude comment, <laughs> and I made a poor decision in his eyes. So how? And I thought, hello, yeah. brought him there with me, and no support whatsoever. But in terms of the game itself, did you feel comfortable? Did you feel comfortable throughout it? Yeah, so I kind of went on the basis that I'd be talking to the, the managers and the players how I'd want to be spoken to as a player or a manager. Yeah. Um, so I give them like little time checks because that's what I'd want as a coach. I was like, yeah. lads, 20 minutes to go, yeah. 10 minutes to go, all that kind of stuff. Um, I was just very talkative with stuff. Yeah. I kind of even, I got to the point where I was a little bit cocky with the last 10 minutes to go where I'm taking the mick out of a player that's done a very terrible, terrible kick towards goal. And I'm just saying to his teammate, maybe you should get him off. He's not great him. <laughs> Two minutes later, the, the manager pulls him. Oh, my goodness, <laughs> oh no. You know, he just went, oh, my God. But I made that happen. We do we do talk on the referees course. And that's one of the issues as well about... Um, and we did that. We did a drill last week. of um, So we had assistants. We've done this drill before, Luke, you know the one. We've got assistants. We've got referees. They go down, one of them gives a decision and the other one gives it. Yeah. And, and, I, and we did it, we went through it. And I said to them, like, right, there's one issue, one massive issue. What do you think it is? And they went, oh, nobody's talking. Absolutely. Nobody's telling people what's actually going on. So it's refreshing yeah. to hear what you've just said. So you were quite comfortable going through, but there wasn't, I believe you gave a penalty, Sam. Talk us through it. Come on, embellish it a little bit. You know, listeners are, you know, they're invested now. Well, there were thousands watching the game. (laughs) Yeah, like this uh, at Malcolm Arnold. Uh, At Malcolm Arnold, yeah, it was a bit sludgy. No dog poo. That's why I got there early to check. Obviously, (laughs) you have to tick off the little things. Um, The game went, kicked off well. We flipped the coin. Ten minutes in, there was a challenge in the box. Ten minutes. Ten minutes in. And you've given the penalty. I have given a penalty. Play reaction? Um, was one of the gentlemen that said he was qualified ref. Right. So, went okay. I booked him. I explained why I booked him. Um, he was a, quite a bit taller than me as well, to be honest. Um, so, when I'm looking up to him, <laughs> yeah. trying to explain to him why he's in trouble. Um, to be fair, I thought it was going to go one way. And as soon as I booked him and 
giving the card. He just smiled at me and went, okay, ref. And just went off. So, um, so it made me feel a little bit better about it. I didn't have the reaction of the hands out. and. So if, do, in, you want to, do you want to give the penalty away? Essentially, he was the one who um, was a qualified, the qualified ref in inverted commas. And, um, and you cautioned I him for... I could either confirm or deny. Confirmed caution for a reckless tackle, I'm assuming. Like we said, I spoke to you about earlier. Indeed, no, yeah. So I went through the three phrases of the careless, the reckless. Did, and, did you explain that to him? You should have known that. You should have known that he was a qualified ref. I did, actually. <laughs> I actually did. And um, so, I mean, 10 minutes in, I didn't have my first caution, Luke, till about six games in because I was too scared. I think I was too scared to. Uh, yeah. I remember, remember the first caution. I'll be honest, was... I give myself the time to think about it. Yeah. I blew the whistle. I knew it was a pen. Yeah. It had to be a pen. It was nothing but a pen. Yeah. But the brain's going, is it, yeah. is it a caution? Yeah. Is it a caution? Oh, is it that's, that's natural, isn't it? So, um, he was all comfortable with, with that. I mean, first 10 minutes penalty, Luke. That's, that's massive. Yeah, did, did he come out with a classic, it's my first one, ref? Uh, no, it was some, and no, he said something along the lines of, ref, I tried, look at, look at the set, look at the floor here, look. What, what else could I have done? And it was a manky floor. It was a manky pitch, I'll be honest. But you know what he just think. I've just told you I'm fully aware of the dark arts as a player and a coach because I used to do them myself. Mm. Are you really going to try and run that on me? Yeah. And he just looked at me, smiled. And and did you go through the whole caution technique that we, we learnt last week of name? Yes, it did. Because that yeah. always goes out the window. I won't lie to you. You know, there's a few cards flying around in that game at the end and not many people's names were getting taken, especially mine. So I'm not expecting a... Uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm sure I went last on the refing course. I'm sure that was left on purpose. Mm. And I, I'm sure I cautioned you. Or yeah, I, I got cautioned by everybody, play. to be fair. But anyway. Yeah. Um, so is uh, it... Yeah, first 10 minutes in, that was a big decision. As you can imagine, the first game, first 10 minutes. Nervous, but you have to give it. Like I think common sense prevails in certain cases. And it? were you in a credible de- uh, position to give the decision? Were you... Oh, I hope Edge of the box. Were it you? happened in the bottom left corner of the box. Tell you what, Luke, we've got we've got a future Michael Oliver here. Without yeah, a like Yeah. Oh, a future yeah. Howard Webb. He was bald as well, wasn't he? Yeah, that's true. We'll yeah. That. yeah. We'll yeah. go but, with that. But he didn't have a big beard, like, a lovely big beard like you've got. But anyway, so is it? West... <laughs> I used to have a big beard like that, but Mrs. Chambers wouldn't have it anymore. Um, I was going to say, <laughs> um, <laughs> has it whetted the appetite for for future endeavours into refereeing? Are you, you know, I did say to you, I think when we met last time that. You wouldn't last five or six games, but are you gonna, you know, put that comment to bed and say, "Look at me, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do this." I think we've already answered that question in the text message I sent you earlier, Mr. Chambers, have we not? <laughs> yeah, but just for people who are not, uh, you know, let's have a, <laughs> Alan the Hacker's back, whatever his name was. Um, you know, um, I basically said to you earlier, Mr. Chambers, that I will do a minimum of the five games required or the six games that you told me that I was only going to last in order to keep you quiet for some time. But do you think you might get bitten by the bug? Because that's what referees do, they get bitten by the bug. Well, I've obviously got bitten by the bug straight away with refing the lads game. Yeah. Um, so the fact that I've been refing him for maybe six months now, mm. and then I went this far and did this game, yeah. I, and as I've said to you as well, I'm going to call uh, Luke out here. I have dropped him a text in the week just to see how I could get to be a lino further on in the week, but he's ghosting me just like you generally do, <laughs> Mr. Charman. Yeah. Yeah, that, mate, Senior Youth League, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll sort you some details on that. Because like we said in in part one, I've got a few people that want to get on that league. So I, I just need to do the admin, mate. <laughs> I thought you were about to say you've got a few people that want to kill me in that league. Because that is also correct. 
Oh, well, I wasn't aware of that, but <laughs> basically, let me know who they are, and I'll keep. Yeah, you basically, them. Sam. Oh um, no, send me there, please. Basically, Sam's going to have to give you a list of teams that don't hate him, and that'll narrow it down quite. Yeah, lovely. Can I be honest, gents? I thought you guys in the Sunday League were going to set me up. I thought you were going to pop me on a particular game that I knew would get quite heated today, but didn't. Nah, but it was between two of my former teams that I thought, or not a former team, sorry a team that I've got a few friends and players at and the former team. Yeah. So I thought you'd stick me on that as a baptism of fire to keep my mouth shut for a bit. We have no input into what Matt Hurst decides to do with his referee appointments because if we did, you would definitely have had a tougher game than you got yeah. today. Yeah. A baptism of fire in the, you know, the, the Casadell, um Lingswood Park, you know, getting burnt well, out honest, cars I thought you guys would throw me on uh, McPay versus Bounton Reses. <laughs> I mean, I'll be honest with you, and you know, I'm, I know I'm going big on the podcast. I don't even know who they are. <laughs> Do you not? <laughs> no. <laughs> oh dear, I think you've lost at least two or three listeners there, Mr. Jack. Yeah, you can't say that, Wayne. I re- I'm a really big fan of McPave and Bowton <laughs> Reserves, I think they're called. Um, they're my favourite teams in the League. Can you edit that bit oh, out, Luke? <laughs> no, no, Luke, keep that bit because I'd like to see Mr. Max retort from McPave. Mr. Who? Ma- uh, this, uh, Mr. McAllister, he's the fellow that runs McPave. Maybe I have a little text to uh, Matt Hurst and see if you can get McPave next week. That's a really good idea. Me? Let's do that. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm not available next Sunday because I'm, uh, doing, I'm doing an NTFA Veterans Cup quarterfinal. Self appointed. Self appointed. Um, <laughs> obviously. But, mate, I really enjoyed talking to you about that. And, um, and I said to you, can you come on to the podcast for 10 minutes um, tonight? But I think that's quite important, you know, in all seriousness. We've had a good laugh there. But there is that opportunity, if you're a non-referee, to get yourself on the course and, you know, see what it's like. Because it is a lot of fun. There's a great support network out there from from Ollie and Luke and all the rest of the guys up at the NFA. And um, and I'll big those guys up. Since qualifying on the course, there's been nothing but support from, um, I think, the the chap's called Paul Speakman. Yeah, yeah, Paul, Yeah, yeah. Nothing, nothing but respect for those guys and like Graham Pinney and those other guys they've been texting us all through the week in our little group just to make sure that we're all good to go and ready to go um, and as I said like you guys oh God it's going to I feel a little bit sick <laughs> in my mouth saying it out loud you guys have really helped yeah. with the wrestling course yeah well, we, I mean, Thanks, genuinely Sam we're, we're always about and you know we'll 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 help out where we can and so and if we even if we can't we 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 know enough people don't we to say well can we go and have a look at I mean we, there was a, a referee um, and I won't mention his name but he's a new referee and um, he's on the promotion scheme and he got ironically the game got called off yesterday but um, I said oh he's had his observations for, for his coaching sessions for promotion and Ollie went yeah but he just needs another one to give him a bit more support because he's fairly new and what have you and that's the kind of thing that the NFL do is, so you know fair play to, to Ollie and, and the team up there as well but yeah thanks for joining us mate and uh, we'll keep tabs and see how we get on good luck with the new podcast and the new venture that we're not allowed to talk about at the moment but I'm sure that's going to come out in the public domain very soon and, um, I'm sure it's very very soon I'm, I'm sure, sure really, we'll, really we'll, soon. We'll, we'll catch up very shortly um, thanks for joining us mate no problem. Thanks for having me. Cheers, mate. Cheers, mate. Appreciate you.
So, welcome back to the final part of For F's Sake. Thank you to all of our listeners once again. Thanks to Samuel Sullivan Barker. That's a long, long on name, that, isn't it? Yeah, it's a mouthful. It is a mouthful. And um, that was really interesting to discuss new referees because we don't often get that opportunity because, as you as we've said many, many times, most referees on our referee courses are um, young, young youngsters, mostly males, young males under the age of 16. Um, but, yeah, it was, it, it was quite insightful. I, was, I thought it was interesting how... He said that he went in and spoke to the managers and captains. I think that sometimes that works. I think sometimes it's uh, not necessarily conducive, but interesting viewpoint from an ex-player and current coach and stuff. Yeah, I think I'd, that that was the most valuable bit for me in terms of you know him under well him helping us understand how we can perhaps make that transition from coach to player. Um, coach and player into referee rather um because that's that's important you know we want we want people like that to be able to go and support the N league like we say we don't uh, and the saturday com and the adult leagues in in the area we don't want um we we don't want to just be exclusively recruiting one demographic we want to make sure that we're getting the experienced people in because you know ultimately that transition i would imagine for for people like sam going into adult football whilst it's daunting refereeing your first game actually it's an environment you're used to as a player as a coach so you know you know what to expect and you probably know how to handle yourself a lot more than perhaps some of these younger guys that are coming through oh absolutely absolutely so anyway <clears throat> we were talking earlier about the offside decision and i've had a um anonymous message Okay. I'm going to call him Mr. X. Okay. <laughs> and he says about the decision, and this guy, he, he's got a credible opinion, shall we say. Okay. I mean, it does take him several hours to get back to a, to a text message. But <laughs> we, 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 we'll let that one slide. He says, if you look at the goalkeeper, he makes a movement, and then the attacker, who is not in line of vision, but he is as he's not in the goalkeeper's eye line, but he does make a movement away from the ball, which would impact the goalkeeper, as he does not know if that attacker is going to play the ball or not. Doesn't play with the ball, but, in my opinion, does gain an advantage and does impact the goalkeeper. By the defenders appealing and keeper resting, it is easier to sell an offside decision rather than potentially dissect law and try to explain that to... Step five footballers, step five, step six footballers. It's a really good point, really good point. And I think, um, as we said earlier, I think most referees in that situation would have just given the offside and moved on. Yeah, absolutely. I think, like you say, that from that very short clip, it looks like the expected decision is the offside, given the the number of appeals that are going up. But like, like you said, right at the very start when we spoke to Warmer about this and he relayed that conversation him and Trev had, he said, right, well, we're going to really upset yeah. one of two sets of players here. And and it is just one of those decisions. You're going to upset somebody. It also goes back to your point. I know we spoke about this before the podcast and I couldn't remember what, what, we, were, what we were going to talk about that. So, you know, uh, fluid and organic this, this podcast is, but it goes back to your little rant that you have about safe refereeing. Yes. Because in that respect, that's a good example, I think, of safe refereeing be, being just give the free kick and 
possibly not many people are, are talking about it. Whereas now we're talking about it three or four weeks later about that that decision. So maybe you know maybe the safe refereeing option, you know whatever safe refereeing is, was to give the, the free kick. What you can you can disagree with that? Yeah, potentially. I I, I think I don't think there's a safe option in in that in that situation. You know the gravity of the situation is you're either giving a goal or disallowing a goal. So with situations like that, is there really a safe option? The, the 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 fact that each outcome is so severely different and going to impact on the team negatively is I don't think there's a safe option I think process comes into it, it with buzzer flags I I always ask my assistants if a goal goes in and we've got those types of decisions give me a buzz but keep your flag down because if the flag goes up the expectation is that I'm going to be ruling it out for offside but I want to have that chat before that expectation is given so process comes into it um, as much as anything else thank you Luke thank you. I'm glad you got your pizza last night. You did get your yes. pizza last night. I'm yes. glad that you're back to full health almost, apart from your little sniffles. Um, but thank you for joining us once again. We're keeping our fingers crossed that you're going to be with us for the next few weeks at least before the ex-social media director um, pops. <laughs> is, that, is that a technical term for giving birth? I don't know. Yeah. So yeah, if you're interested in um, being my co-host, Maybe only be for one week. Who knows? Let's hope it's a midweek thing, so we might not have too much. Um, yeah, I'm not planning on taking paternity, mate. Paternity from the podcast? What? what? Not podcast paternity, anyway. <laughs> Just before the NFA start getting involved. Yeah. Um, so yeah, thanks for joining us. Make sure you follow us on Instagram. Make sure you follow us on X and Facebook and 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 I was going to say if we've said it now, it's TikTok. Um, give us a little like and stuff, and all you know, get onto Apple Podcast and Amazon and Spotify, and give us a little positive rating wherever you are in the country and wherever you are in the world we appreciate all of your support we love listening to your comments and hearing your comments and seeing your comments and everything like that and we hope you have a lovely week and hopefully the weather improves so that we can get some football again absolutely take care everybody have a good week goodbye